0: Oh, okay. (laughs) Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am Janita Stanton. We have Reginald Perryman and Shaka Williams. We are Tasari, and this is the There, Something About Real Estate podcast, where we talk all things real estate.
1: What's going on?
0: I'm trying to figure out what we're getting ready to discuss
1: here today. There's a lot going on in the market.
2: It is. It is. is. It's a a lot of crazy stuff going on, so we're going to start off with
1: yeah, I want to talk about like the buyer's remorse and I'm seeing like a lot of things shifting in the market right now. So like we seeing property sitting on the market a little longer. Right. And we're seeing more price reductions. You seeing more inventory.
0: I definitely. So I just want to know. Right. Do you recall it had to be maybe four weeks ago? Yeah, you said it. Okay. So.
1: <laughs> What'd you say?
0: Um, I just was talking about how the properties are lasting a little bit longer on the market. Right. right. Oh and, yeah. And um, so a lot of times I think that so I'm I've been in real estate really long time as well. I know like you guys, both of you guys have been as well, but when you're like in it and you're constantly on on that MLS looking yep. at stuff, you just feel stuff a little bit different. And you see it and you notice it. But yeah, I have been noticing that the properties are like, it's it's a lot more. So I think what we were talking about was like an inventory question. And I was like, I'm seeing more inventory, way more than it was a few months ago. And I'm like, I'm sitting here and I'm watching it. and I see it. And even like, I just did a search for a client um, who's looking in a very specific like school district. And three weeks ago, there was like three properties Right when I did it. Um, a couple of days, like two days ago, there were 22 for that spe- very specific oh, school district. That's, yeah,
2: That's a hell of an outlier, though. But yeah, that's a... You know, I mean, that's not normal. It's from, so we it's don't 3 know. to 22? Well, so you would
0: have to... Yeah, because, so you can't say it's an outlier. It's not like this stuff has been, like, tested right now. We're coming... We're, we're starting to feel new waves and different heights and <laughs> things like that. And so that was just one specific incident where I'm saying I'm noticing more inventory. And so, yes, yeah, we went... A few weeks ago, for this particular school district, we couldn't find very many houses listed at that time. Right. But mm-hmm. today, there are more listings, and they're um, a mix of new, like a couple of days on the market, and a mix of like they've been here for seventeen to thirty. That you know.
1: Right. Yeah. So but, we, <clears throat> what what I'm seeing too is I'm seeing more inventory, but that has to do with that spring summer mm-hmm. influx That's, of I'd sellers. Like, oh, I'm going to wait till summer or spring yeah. to sell my home. Mm-hmm. Well, this year, you I tell people never to wait, right? I say, if you ready to sell, sell it now. The best time to put your home on the market is when people are buying houses. And that's all the time.
2: All the time, right?
1: So um, if you were planning on selling your home in January, February of 2022, that's when you should have put it on the market. You could have got multiple offers above asking price. Now it's not that market is no more. Right?
2: Hold on. So are y'all saying that it's uh increase in inventory in so in, in this time last year, or are y'all saying increase of inventory no uh, since the like, beginning would, like of the year? Well that always happens every year. Well in, in the summer months, the inventory increases. That's right. like the but cycle.
1: What we're saying is the combine with the when you combine that with the increase in interest rates. Mm-hmm. So, it's not, right now, it's not normal from what we've seen. We, it's not normal to have a home on the market for three weeks. You, so, we're talking about two different things.
2: So, we're talking about inventory and we're talking about time on market. All of it combined. Okay. She specifically said inventory. So, inventory always, inc- these is, are the months where inventory exactly. increases, uh, you know, after, you know, you got your January through April. Right. Right? Which is when the inventory is all... Uh, Building up right. to be able to come on the market for for right now, so of course we're going to see. That's I think every year we're going to see an increase um, in the summer months of inventory. Right. So but
1: the point I was making too, because mm-hmm. Jaja always talk about the shift, and we was talking about the shift in the market mm-hmm. is so in some areas you had thirteen buyers per home, mm-hmm. right? So if there was only three homes available and it's thirteen buyers per home. Mm-hmm then all of a sudden there's 15 homes available. Shouldn't those homes still have sold within the first week, considering how many buyers were in the market? Mm -hmm. So what we're seeing now is those homes aren't selling in the first week. They're selling two to three weeks later. When you combine that with the increased interest rates, there's definitely a shift in the market. And what Jaja was saying, by being active and paying attention, you can feel the shift while it's happening. Mm -hmm. And not looking back or like, what happened, you know, last minute?
2: For sure. Right. So, so yeah, y'all yeah, are talking about two different things. So, you're talking about yeah, the inventory, it. right? That's on the market that we have seen an influx of or more of since the beginning of the year, right? Which we understand happens because of the time of the year that it is. So, that happens. I think we had this right. every year, right? Pretty much, right. historically. And then now, we, then what Janita's talking about is the, Well, she mixed it in a little bit, but you're talking also adding on to that the fact that um, our inventory. So, when we talk about the shift, right? We we talk about the shift. (laughs) We talk about so we're but we're still in a seller's market. Yeah. So technically, yeah. So so we're so so there's so there's really not a. It really hasn't been a, a, a shift yet. How however, let me let me get to what I'm saying. Right. There, I mean, because yeah, so. in order for it to be a shift, it would have to be it would have to go from a sell a seller's market to a either a balanced market or a buyer's market, right? Right. But this the, the that shift, hasn't happened yet. the
1: shift comes during the transition, though. Well that's so like that's if what we're talking about too. Yeah, that's yeah. what we're saying. Like we're in the beginning stages of that shift. I don't know if we'll go to a full buyer's market mm-hmm. even in the next year. So that's not a shift, but then. Yeah, there is a shift in the market in general. It's just not shifting from sellers to buyers, but it's a shift in the market overall. So yeah,
0: due to inflation, due to interest rates, due to different things, it's causing you know shifts. You know, people are right. asking themselves different questions when it comes to listing a house, when it comes to buying a house. So yeah, you know, summer may typically bring a lot of listings, but you got some sellers that's like, okay, well, if I put my house on the market, where am I gonna go to? I can't buy, like people think that they can't buy another house. Uncertainty
2: right. is what you what you what describe, right? Uncertainty in the, in the market. But let's get back to this shift that we were talking about. Right, now. so but <laughs> get back to shift.
0: But, that, but that uncertainty is what's going right. to cause the complete shift. We won't know what the complete shift was until we out of it. But, no, you yeah, know, but,
2: no, but, no, 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 you're gonna know. So, so wait so a so minute. For oh. it to be a shift, it has to, it so listen. Let's let's, let's okay. say this. For it to be a shift, it actually has to shift. We can't say you can't be in you can't uh, we can't be in nah. we can't say that we see some market trends something trending a certain way. But it in, I do see it trending towards a balanced market, right? I mean, that's right. What, I think that's, that's what we are It's the difference between trending and huh, but, shift. Well, because it has to get there. Aren't they
0: some so, out of this term?
2: No, no. So if you don't get to the balanced <laughs> market, so if we're still in the seller's market, so we're still in the seller's market, right? Reggie just said he don't know that we actually gonna make it to a buyer's market here in this next year. Sh- in the next year. So right. that means that we're still in the seller's market. In order for it to be a shift, there's we got three gears, right? Mm-hmm. Seller's market, balance, which is neutral, and then your your we're buyer's getting, market. I think that's where we're going. We're, we're going to uh, a balance yeah, market. Uh, yeah, market. This is you think we look, are going This
1: to. is normal. Yeah. Like the the idea that every home should sell in the first week, that's just no, that's something really that just that's something that happened over the past four or five years where people just got used to that happening, mm-hmm. right? That's not normal. Mm-hmm. A normal market, the homes would stay on the market about 30 days or so. Mm-hmm. And when we're seeing shift, so in my definition of shift doesn't mean to switch from buyers to, to sellers or sellers to buyer. It's anything that changes it from what the norm is to something new, mm-hmm. right? So- Right now, the shift is from a seller's market to a buyer's, I mean, a balanced market, and from balance to either side back to a seller's or a buyer's market. So I think we're shifting to a balanced market.
2: And you're saying that because of days on market?
1: Days on market, increased interest rate, and more inventory.
2: But do we still collectively? Have, yeah. So, but do we still have more buyers than we have inventory? Yeah. We do. So, I, so we still got so that's the, I mean, we still got more, but, if it's still more demand than right. there is uh, product, then how we I don't see how we're going I, over there. You're giving the I sense?
1: still Because when I look at a shift, I'm looking at it from first gear all the way up, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not waiting until we're doing 80. I'm mm-hmm. looking at Okay, we started at zero. We're at 20 now. Mm-hmm. So let's adapt to 20 and see what's going on. Where are we going from here? Right. Some people will look, okay, we started at zero, and then they'll wait till we get to 80 and be like, oh, we're going fast. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm <laughs> like, no, nah, you should have known that when we got to about 30 or 40. So when I, when I speak a shift, I'm talking about there's little subtle changes that happen. You don't even know you're boiling in the water yet. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I want That's to pay attention to every degree as it's happening. So, but you so we're wanna, shifting. But put it that way. But
2: some people, like a lot of these people, which is the uh, the article that we shared, some people, yeah. uh, will before you even get to going at all, they get yeah. to uh, imagining the shift because certain yep. things are happening, right? Right. Uh, and just because certain things are, are happening doesn't mean that there's an actual shift. So th- that's where you have the knee jerk reaction where you got people saying, right. "I'm not going by right now because <laughs> such and such is going to happen." Yeah, because they waiting on that shift that's probably or uh, maybe three four years from now or may not even happen. Right, you're giving us so, yeah, more. Yeah, keep. I keep so, I've
0: been hearing people just constantly like, "Oh, we're going to wait until the bottom falls out."
2: Yeah, because they're you're expecting be this. Waiting, shift. right? <laughs> so, so, so that's my point. That's why I'm I'm I want to be careful with using the word shift. Because that's what they're waiting on. That's what they're looking for. Those yeah. people that we're talking about are listening to everybody saying that there's going to be a shift and expecting something based on us using that word. I think there's a change occurring right. for sure. You know what I mean? Like on days on market, but I just don't see the shift occurring. For well, that's forgot the why. shift
0: trending. Well, that's why. That's like why.
2: Well, we, well, I explained it to you very soon. So, so for our listeners, so that they understand exactly what it is I'm saying. So a shift. I feel like we have three gears. I said that, right? We have the seller's market. Right. We have the balance and we have the buyer's market. In order for there to be a shift, you have to go from one to, or the, to the other, right? Um right now we have our days on market are 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 longer, but we still are in a seller's market. Reggie is saying that right. he thinks that um we're, you know, we're sh- we're we're moving towards a balanced market. Right. But we haven't gotten there yet. And I'm saying, what I'm saying is, no. and Reggie's saying he's being proactive in, in thinking in his thoughts, right? right? Based on signals that you're talking about, like the days on market, right? right? And the interest rates and stuff like that. And I'm saying, all right, yeah, even with that, I still don't know that we're going to shift to the, um, to the, to the balanced market because we still have, a, a, even though you see an increase in inventory, we still have higher demand than we have houses typically in order for that shift to occur, the, the demand has to go down. So if the demand, do y'all think the demand has gone down?
1: No, not at then, all.
2: So, so where is the, where so, is the shift at? Well,
1: so I want to say this. So when we talk about, I get what you're saying. You don't want to give people false expectation and hope that, oh, it's going to crash and I can buy a $200,000 home for 100000 mm-hmm. That's not going to happen. And that's mm-hmm. not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, Um, And and you got to keep in mind, too, just because the market shift from sellers to a buyer's market doesn't mean the prices are going to drop, right? Because when you look back over time, even when we were in the buyer's market, except for the recession, prices really didn't drop. They were still appreciating. Because if I'm a buyer, you got to think about this. If I'm a buyer and I brought a home back in 98 and I seen that it was a buyer's market, why would I buy if prices are still going down? Right, mm-hmm. no buyer in their right mind is doing that. So even when there was more, it was more of a balance or more of a buyer's market. Prices still wasn't going down. Even in the REO market when we were in the recession, the prices they dropped real quick and they just start climbing up. People was buying homes for like forty, fifty thousand, and then six months later they was worth fifty or sixty. You know mm-hmm. they would they would go up during that time frame. So it's people always trying to time the market and it's really hard to yeah, do that. You don't know, have a pistol ball. So it's really hard to do that. But there are subtle signs to say, okay, there may be an opportunity here now and maybe I want to act now because I don't this can go either way for me in the future. Oh.
0: So I want to talk a little bit about that um what you just said, the acting now versus right. waiting to act. Yep. Um, because, so this talk of a shift, so for me, whatever shift is, I'm not, I don't think it means that it's a buyer's market or about to go to a seller's market or like the shift is going to be, it could be a number of, you know, it can involve other things. It's not just like, oh, it's going to stop being a seller's market.
2: Like what? I mean, well, what would classify that as a shift though? 'Cause a shift normally means a change.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it like changes over
2: like a overall change. Like All right. a change in the actual market in terms of like we just said supply a, and part, demand. Yeah, but, demand, but it's, demand, it's demand. gonna be if there's no controls. specific type of right.
0: change. So there's gonna be a change or there is there there has there the the change is coming.
1: A shift <laughs> can mean different things to to different people. Yeah. So a shift could be interest rates. Okay, we shift we went from a three percent to a five and a half,
2: right? No, that's a shift.
1: No, it's not because
2: that interest rate change. That's an interest rate change and that's all it is. Right, but, but I'm that saying could, that's a
1: shift to a certain market of people. But
2: it but it could right? in the mortgage industry, the market, that's a shift. It could it could impact the market, which could then change reaction and cause a shift. Well, you speak the change is you're not speaking
1: a speaking primarily from a real estate realtor. Correct. I'm talking if you're in a mortgage industry, oh, okay, okay. that is a shift, right? We were writing loans at 3%, now we're writing them at 5%. It's a change. We're doing mostly
0: shift. refinance, <laughs> right? now we're doing mostly purchases. Yeah, like, we go it, from...
2: I, and I am speaking... I, so we're speaking straight up in regards to the... So what people, what the, what the listeners could expect right. in the market. That's what we're talking about, right? We're talking right. about... So when we're talking about shift, when people... Uh, I'm going to call them uh, regular people, people that the don't have the information, layman. the consumer. average layman. person, the average, consumer. <laughs> the average right. consumer is talking about a shift. Right. They are thinking, when it's getting ready to be my turn? I don't
1: they, identify as people.
2: Right. <laughs> <And I'm> just, <laughs> how you going to handle that, Right, <laughs> Well, they're talking about a human, right? Right. Yeah, we are human. I don't, so, don't identify. Wear. No. So, uh, Silver. <laughs> <laughs> right. They, they're talking about, they're thinking that the market is, they're talking about a crash because the shift that they can most recently remember is right. 2008. Yeah, so
0: they're coming from a post-traumatic stress <laughs> mindset. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But see,
1: that's why we, that's mm-hmm. why we, that's why we record these podcasts too, mm-hmm. because like, there's a difference between what, when you, like, when you look at the media, like you'll probably watch something on the news and they're talking about something that was going on six months ago when it comes to real right. estate. Right. So it's like, we're already out of that market, mm-hmm. right? They're just not talking about it. The general public is getting that information, and they're acting on it. Then when they come to us and they say, oh, I'm looking to buy a foreclosed property. Well, how many foreclosures are actually on the market? Right. They just heard that, right? Yes, yeah, like so, I got yeah. a
0: call. Somebody, um, the, the request was, "Can can you send me um land bank properties and so my response was no i can send you the link to the land bank right but what i can do is i can send you properties that are below a certain price point right you know what i mean because you're still gonna get distressed you're still gonna get if there's anything foreclosed like you're still gonna get what you're asking for you may even find some land banks on those listings but um like you said when you're talking to like, you know, laymen, you know, people who are not necessarily in the business, they just think like, oh, it's foreclosures or it's HUD. Remember that? time ago. Send me HUD
1: properties. Every property is a HUD property. right. Now it's
0: in this market here, send me land bank properties, but you can.
1: I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of times people say, oh, I just want foreclosure properties because I want a deal. So that means you're going to bypass the short sale. You're going to bypass the probate properties. You're going to bypass any other property that's a distress or just an average seller that just want to sell it for cash, but just because it don't say foreclosure, mm-hmm. you don't mm-hmm. want me to send it mm-hmm. to you. So the foreclosure is eighty thousand and it's worth one hundred and sixty, but I got this other property that's fifty thousand and it's worth one hundred and sixty, but just because it says foreclosure, you don't want it, right? Yeah, right. So people got to change. You want. You want a deal. You don't necessarily want foreclosure.
0: Yeah, as long as this deal has. So back to what I was asking, like um, talking about the waiting, and I've had conversations with individuals, kind of like, well, are you, well, you know, the questions for me is like, well, why, why do you want to wait? And then you right. know, you kind of getting that response from um, from people. Well, we wait for the bottom to fall fall out. Okay, that may that might not ever happen. But would you like to tell me what your goals are? Right. So that maybe we can meet those because you can still buy property that has equity because if, if you're looking for equity and then some people, what I'm finding is really don't even understand um what that means either. Like I was on a listing appointment and the, the seller <laughs> said, I don't even have any equity. And I said, you're showing a potential $60,000 net profit here. Right. That means that there's equity. (laughs) So I just think that it's a lot of education that needs to be going on. Like people definitely, like Shaka's favorite, we need to be talking to like the professionals about it, asking the questions. Like, don't just be scared to have a conversation. Like, I can't make you buy a house. Just Mm -hmm. ask me a question. Call us. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's It's no dumb questions. It's just exactly the fear of asking a question. And most people, you'd be surprised how many people own a home that do not understand the home ownership or a home purchasing process. Somehow they just got a loan and they own a property. And when you talk to them about selling the property, it's always, well, I have to do all that when I brought it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you paid $10,000 for the house. Of course you didn't have to. Now we're trying to sell it to somebody for 200000 Well, when I brought it, I brought it on a quick claim, deed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you chose to do that. Nobody educated you on that. But so a lot of people... They own a home, but they wasn't educated on the process. So I run across that. You'd be surprised how many people I run across. They don't understand simple things like, oh, I took out a, um, you will ask them, how much do you owe on a property? Or do you have a mortgage? No, I don't have a mortgage, but I have an equity. I took out an equity loan. Or they'll say, we'll get to closing and we'll get the payoff statements. And they'll say, oh, I didn't think I had to pay that back because it was like an equi- a, a oh, equity loan, yeah, right? They thought they the would lien. pay it back after mm-hmm. because the way the um, loan rep or the um, mortgage banker explained it to them, mm-hmm. that it wasn't an actual mortgage, they thought they didn't have to pay it back, but it's still a lien on the property.
2: So I got a question for y'all, because y'all, was, you was getting ready to transition to people that want to wait. Yeah. So let's talk about what that means or what they're expecting in that wait. So what do y'all think? So so we did a little bit of research. Mm-hmm. The average sales price here in Michigan is around two hundred fifty thousand right. dollars, right, give or take. So what do you think that people, when they say they're going to wait, and the, and the interest rates are around uh, five and a half, six percent, right? So what do you think people are that are waiting are expecting? What type of drop they think is going to drop from what two fifty to what?
0: I think that Uh, I I honestly feel like people think that it's going to be two thousand and eight again, and the house that they want in their favorite area—you know, the whatever the area is that you want to be in—they think that that house is going to be seventy percent less than what it is now.
1: Oh, you know what? I'm I'm gonna say (laughs) this because this this I'm gonna say two things. My personal experience with that, but before I say this, this was this always pissed me off about people buying real estate, right? I'm waiting for the bottom to fall out, right? Nobody says, "Oh, I want, I want that new Cadillac truck." I'm gonna wait till they come down to twenty thousand, mm-hmm. right? Then when it's twenty thousand, oh, I don't want no used truck. I want a new one. Mm-hmm. Guess how much a Cadillac truck new costs now compared to four years ago? Right. So only when it comes to real estate, everybody trying to wait. Nobody is in the stock market saying, "I'm waiting for." Apple to come down to $60. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You invest in now. Well, if it comes down to 60, you probably buy more, right? right? So if the market drops like that, just buy more houses mm-hmm. and balance it out if you can afford it. But overall, my personal experience, we start looking, we wasn't seriously looking, but there was one house I brought, of course, so we end up flipping it instead. <laughs> but and I say this all the time. <laughs> Man, that house is worth $60,000 more, and this is only like two years ago, mm-hmm. $60,000 more. And if I brought that same house right now, I would be paying like 2.5% more interest. Mm-hmm. So just simply by waiting a couple years, so. automatically cost me an extra couple hundred thousand. Yeah. You know, so it was no way I could have timed that. It was just at the moment, I thought maybe I can find better, mm-hmm. right? And that's not always the case.
2: I want to talk about the the money that we're leaving on the table. So that's where yeah. I was getting at. So I was doing the numbers. So that's why I want y'all to get, this is, these are made up numbers, right? Because right. we don't, we don't have a crystal ball. We don't know how much the market is going to drop. But you said 70%. You yeah, I mean, I was
0: being a little, so I'm a jerk. I'm sorry, guys. Um, the 70 was probably big, but I think what I'm saying is let's, let's do some real numbers from the past. We'll go back. over. remember I did the Woody ham house. Yep. So over in Bagley, we're talking about nice thick brick, traditional three, four bedroom, two and a half bath houses, 23 to 18 to 2300 square feet or so. Um, during a recession, you can get those houses for like $60,000, $70,000. Today, those houses with re. Actually, they can be not very updated, very well taken care of, and you can get a house over. You you can't get a house over there for less than one hundred and seventy thousand now. Right. So, um, that's more so what I mean. I think that they're waiting for that one hundred and seventy to two hundred thousand dollar house to go back down to sixty five or seventy thousand. Which
2: we've already said that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So and that, hold on, there's another
0: happen. part of that too. Keep in mind, um, like the the condition of those homes as well when they're in that price point.
2: Right, too. right. So, so, so I'm saying I, I think it's unrealistic. So you think? Okay, so those <laughs> are the people. So, so we have the people that are waiting that are unrealistic. Those people right. will probably never buy a house, right? Because it's probably just
1: an excuse for them not yeah, to buy. Right. right. So those, yeah. are,
2: those are those aren't real. Uh, those people typically aren't. Um, yeah, they're probably not going to buy a house. Right. Yeah. So but then you got people who do who who are hearing other people say this and they are they're really expecting um a change. Right. And uh, because of interest rates and stuff like that, right? So what's the realistic we want to say uh 10 to 20% um 30. Price re- I think that's that's re- so we, we can't find that. Only time you can find 30% reduction is in 2008 it, historically. Or other than like in the 70s before we was born.
1: Yeah, right. you probably ten percent would be fair.
2: Okay, so 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 what I did is I wanted to show and interest rates if are six percent right we now. We drop
1: ten percent, everybody gonna start buying them up again.
2: Yeah, I it's mean like, it's just it, on ten percent, but it, think right. about that, right? So so we said the average sales price is two fifty at six percent interest rate right now. You are paying fourteen fifty, right? Right. So now we think that interest rates may continue to increase right, based on inflation. Yeah, I agree. Or yes, or over no. time. Yeah. yeah, over time. So what do you think that it can? Where do you, where this is us just shooting the shit? We don't know any of this. Right. I'm just, I'm just, um, giving them a scenario in which they're expecting to happen that right. really nobody knows is going to happen or not. So let's say that the price drops to two twenty five. Right. Uh, with that price dropping at two twenty five, interest rates probably increased, which which is contributed to that price drop. You would agree? Yeah. So. So, what, interest rate where? 7%, 8%? Seven, 8%. Seven I, I would say,
1: I, would, I don't think we'll see more than 8% probably in the next few years. So I don't think. Let's do 8. Let's yep. Do, let's, do let's, 8. Worst let's do case eight. scenario. <laughs>
2: so, so, look, you dropped the price <laughs> and, and, I, and I cheated. So, I went down. No, the 10% yeah, you just 10%, talked about. Yeah. The 225. You're about. The 225. Right. At 8%, percent you paying 1600 Right. You're paying $150 more for, for the same house. Because you decided to wait based on you thinking that you was going to get the house for cheaper. When you're not. Yeah, you got.
1: So here's, here's why numbers matter. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. never do a deep dive. This was why a lot of people, including myself, sometimes you get in trouble financially. You're looking at the price, not the cost. Mm-hmm. The price dropped to 225 but it's costing you more to own that property. And that's simply it over long term now if you're only going to stay there a couple years and you're not going to pay all that interest yeah you might you might be all right but now you in a situation where you probably can't sell it because you don't have enough equity Mm -hmm. but and then
0: you can still for the people and so i have spoken to people who had those mindset we've had conversations and they're you know getting ready to close on houses so I, i think that sometimes those people that have those mindsets they will buy a house Um, but then I also think that you have to know you can still buy property at 10% less too, or at a discount, like there's still opportunities for that. You just have to be willing. like, I think it's the, the turnkey stuff, you know, people want, uh, the, you know, I want my house to have a new roof and all new HVAC and I want the plumbing and electrical to be updated. And then you want to, you still want discounted, right? Like you're going to always pay for that. So so,
2: so so so, what we're we saying you you cost yourself fifty thousand dollars. So if you, if the scenario that they're hoping happens, so we right. so the scenario of a, a two thousand eight is not realistic, right? right? Unless you know something else occurs between now and a couple of years from now. So the the other scenario is it does drop ten percent, which right. is still high historically, right? Right from year to year, um, and then which would typically be caused by. Um, increased interest rates, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, inflation, unemployment. Right? Mm-hmm. It has a, a lot of a lot different of factors, factors, right? Yeah, but right. here's
1: the thing. The scenario <laughs> I gave where, okay, I could have, I, I cost myself 50000 60000 mm-hmm. not including the interest rates, right? Mm-hmm. My property value on my current home went up. Mm-hmm. The reason I bring that up is because I'm already in the game. I'm a homeowner. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I lost out on that, but my current home went up to kind of make up for it, right? Mm-hmm. And now I can afford to buy in this market and be like, okay, I'm willing to pay 50000 more because I got yeah. a home to sell where mm-hmm. I built some extra equity in. People that are not in the game, not even playing, scared to jump in, they're going to continuously lose out. Renters. Yeah. Renters. Yep. And then the rental market is just ridiculous. Crazy.
0: Rent yeah. never
1: goes backwards. Mm-hmm. I don't care what the market does rent just never goes backwards we we haven't seen people are still calling looking for um eight hundred dollar three-bedroom homes yeah. to rent in oak park in southfield that's not happening no more Doesn't exist. yeah so yeah. i want to transition to um speaking of buyers i want to talk about this real trends report about buyers remorse and i brought my old man notes so they said 60 percent of home buyers said they had at least some buyer's remorse for the homes they brought. And what they're saying is that a lot of people, uh, part of the problem is because they rushed into the process Mm -hmm. without understanding the steps of buying a home. And most of what's going on is they regret because of the maintenance costs, Mm -hmm. which is saying on average, it's about $3,000, but it's went up to about $5,000. and. Between the maintenance, utilities, um, home improvements, and things of that nature. So I think when you see reports like this, a lot of people just didn't understand. Mm-hmm. They kind of rushed into it like, oh, I just got to buy a it home in the market. Yeah, mm-hmm. and not really understanding when you mention the true cost. Mm-hmm. The cost versus the price, and a lot of people didn't calculate all of that in. Now they regret the decision because they're saying like... Um, I forgot how many people. They said, like it's only like 10 percent of people have $5,000 emergency funds that cover emergency repairs. Mm-hmm. Some people don't even have a thousand dollars. so they, they got into this home for a little no money down. Now they have this home that they can't afford to maintain. And my question is, because all the loan reps I deal with, you know, they want you to have a certain amount of money in the bank, they want you to have had the money in the bank. For a certain period of time, and they want to see a pattern of you actually being able to save money plus reserves. So we get back to a, a buyer pool that's just barely getting in the house, and not only are they barely getting in the house, they're overextending themselves. Because we all know, if someone qualifies for two seventy five, they are not buying two twenty five. They <laughs> they buying two seventy five, right?
2: Yeah, but but I, I think that they're not overextending themselves. They so they did show so they got qualified for that because that's what they could afford if right. they lived <laughs> at, at or below their means. So it's so it's stuff that's got to yeah. be cut out, right? Well, let me <laughs> let me <laughs> say this. I want
1: to say this to, to our audience. Right, mm-hmm. just because you qualify for it, don't mean you can afford it. Exactly, there's a big difference. Being able to afford it means that you can own it, maintain it, and keep it until it benefits you. If you qualify for it, but you don't have a $1,000 put away for emergency repairs, you probably can't afford the house.
2: Yeah. Or you... So I think what people do, they have, they go on a strict budget and during the process of buying the house because yeah. they got somebody holding them accountable, Yeah. right? And then when they get the house, they try to go back to what they were doing prior to the house. no. Nah. You right. gotta all the stuff, you know, when you wasn't applying for credit cards and when yeah. you wasn't buying spending and spending eating out everything. You gotta keep yeah. on doing that so that you can maintain your house. Right. You know what I mean? So right. I still so I guess what I'm saying is I think that's uh that would um be responsible for a lot of that remorse. They now you gotta yeah. be responsible. Yeah I mean, you gotta yeah. you gotta act like a homeowner. As opposed to a renter, because of the renter, when you're tearing up somebody else's shit, you <laughs> right. really don't care that much. You know right. what I mean? You're going to call yeah. the landlord and have him come over and fix this. But now that's your responsibility.
1: Yeah, because they did say, it. like, and part of the article was saying that um, the overall cost was to increase utility expenses mm-hmm. they didn't expect, especially people coming out of an apartment. Mm-hmm. So it's like, but you had to know, like, coming out of a, a 600 square foot to a 2,000 square foot that the gas, the heating bill is going to be higher, right? So I think it goes back to lack of education and not a lot of people are regretting their decisions. But I personally think some people feel like they overpaid for a property because they were emotionally attached to that bidding war.
0: Yep. That's yep. what I was sitting here thinking. I'm like, I think that some people are completely okay with winning that bid. They'd be happy. And 10 years later, they'd be still loving a house and yep. happy. And then you have some people who don't understand the difference between like, I, just, you know, I won the bid versus I negotiated my, my transaction. Right. And you can still, you know, negotiate your transaction. You just have to understand that you may not get that particular house and then being patient and, you know, have an understanding with what you, what you will get Versus, you know, trying to to win the bid for you know something that thirty other people really really want because everything is new in it. Like I'm I'm experiencing that people are are taking for granted the equity position that they that they can still have when they buy something in that same area that maybe right. needs some paint and some carpet.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, I could have I could like you said I could have brought the house around the corner for twenty thousand less. It just wasn't updated. And I would have had to paint it myself mm-hmm. versus buying this that's moving ready and all uh, nice, but 20000 is 20000
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, and yeah. You,
0: probably it in, you probably can negotiate that too down some. You probably right. can get, you know, cause I got, it's crazy. I got something right now. I still got to talk to Shaka about where I'm looking at uh, one of our clients wants to put an offer in on a house and I haven't done it because I'm like, I don't. <laughs> hey, I'm <laughs> <laughs> you. I said them, like, I got to call them. I sent them, like, probably 15 other houses that are way better. Yeah. But I think, you know, for me it's it's the same conversation like look, if you if you really want to buy this house, that's great, but we got to make sure you get money for the repairs. They want, you know, a lot of these listings that we're seeing now, and I don't know if it's just here for this area or if it's abroad, but you're getting a lot of the um, you know, you you have to assume the city repairs, the, right. the repairs that the city want done on the house before you're to move in. And so then it's kind of like, okay, you know, that may be um, possible for people who have a cash reserve to go in and make those repairs. But if you don't have that cash reserve, you know, we might need to pull back a little bit. Right. So.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm noticing one thing too, before we wrap up is um, now I'm seeing more buyers flake out before the deal even closed. Like they just, I had uh, one agent sold my listing, the buyer just disappeared. It's like I don't know where the buyer's at. I called a loan rep. The loan rep, like, yeah, I've been talking to the buyer every day. So he didn't know, he didn't know the list, the buyer's agent hadn't communicated with me. From the loan rep's understanding, the buyer was still in the market shopping. Right. So basically what happened was the buyer had changed their mind about buying a property up front. And he's like shopping for a lower price point now. Mm. So and I've had two buyers walk away on listings. They're just like, no, we don't Yeah, we got a
0: couple well, things to talk they about gave up
1: them. their I, EMD and they everything. gave it up. Yeah. They okay. was just like, we just changed our mind. So but
2: what was the EMD? They was make like a $1, one was
1: three thousand, uh, one was fifteen hundred. Uh-huh. So I mean, but the way they felt was like, Hey, I'll give up my EMD now because I'm making a hundred and sixty thousand dollar purchase that I don't want. Smart. And then they went and brought a
2: cheaper house pretty much. Mm. I think that's
1: you know? yeah i think it's smart <laughs> that's an
2: intelligent decision right yeah. so i think that brings us almost to wrap up right i know you're up, about to be like but uh, <laughs> but yeah you need to you need to hire a realtor and that is not broke that's the, you know what i'm saying that is not out here trying to get you so i think that's one of our strengths right right it's a strength and a weakness because i've been fired for that right? right when i you see the somebody doing something that yep. you know is detrimental to them financially, yeah, and you know what I mean. And some realtors do not care, you know what I mean. They just need to get their right. commission, right? But you have realtors, other realtors who are actually trying to make, you know, do what's in your best interest, give you the 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 best information that they can based on right. based on what their, they're allowed to do, yeah, yeah, within within the law. So, right? yeah, Let, and,
1: I want to clarify what he's saying, so. As a realtor, we're not licensed. We can't give financial advice because that's not what we're licensed Mm -hmm. for. We can't give accounting advice or legal advice because that's not what we're licensed for. But basically, what you're saying is, I'm not going to try to push you to buy a house that's out of your budget. It's up to you to tell me what you want, what you're looking for, and what price range. But as a professional, we need to have that deep conversation like, what are your needs? versus your wants. Do you just want to get the base model and be able to keep it for a long time? Or do you want the premium model and be calling me back in a year saying you're in trouble? Right. So let's have that conversation. And then maybe I'll say talk to a financial advisor. Because well again, yeah. you you qualify for it, but can you afford it? Right. That's a different conversation.
2: Period. Yep. That's a wrap. All right. <laughs> we went a little longer. So what's our... Uh uh we are we hanging up i got a uh